you would take your Bibles and turn to Amos, first couple of verses, then skip down to verse 11, Amos 4, 1 and 2, and then 11 through 13. Amos 4, 1, hear the word, ye kind of Basham, that are in the mountains of Samaria, which oppress the poor, which crush the needy, which say to their masters, bring and let us drink. The Lord God has sworn by his holiness, and lo, the day shall come upon you that ye will take, <clears throat> that he will take you away with hooks, and your posterity with fish hooks. Verse 11, I overthrown some of you as God overthrows Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were a firebrand plucked out of the burning. You have, yet ye have not turned, returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. For lo, he that formeth the mountains and created the wind and declareth unto man what is his thought and maketh the morning darkness and treadeth upon the high places of the earth, the Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. Let's pray together, please. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we do come before Thy throne of grace. We thank Thee for Thy mercies that are everlasting and all things that You might be magnified and glorified this morning and Thy Son be magnified to Thy glory and honor and that some souls might be saved and the ed- and saints edified and strengthened in the faith. And we just look to Thee, O Lord, that You bless this morning and demonstration power of Thy Holy Spirit. For it is in Jesus' name we pray these things for His sake. Amen. The title of the message is Prepare to Meet with God or Prepare to Meet Thy God. In Exodus 6, 19, 17, and Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the neither part of the mount. And so there they were called out to meet with God. The warning in Amos 5 is prepare to meet thy God. And there's a difference between the two. Our preachers and teachers, when applying Old Testament principles, often forget to teach the teachings of Israel's God's people. It was an elect nation. They were elect people. Each tribe was elect. Uh, We could go through it all. A good preacher friend of mine that he, I I told him he needed to come to the truth, but he hadn't made it yet. And and uh, he said, "Well." the election was Israel. That just elected and said, you know, and he goes, well, then I said, well, he uses the New Testament connected to Gentiles. <clears throat> but Israel was and is elect nation. And, <clears throat> and the tribes, these ten tribes that had separated from the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom here in the book of Amos, they'd separated themselves, but they still was elect people. Now, the reason we know that is that <clears throat> there's some of these, their descendants will for sure be in glory. <clears throat> the, uh, we are the elect people of God, those who have been saved by God's amazing grace. We're in elect church. A church is ch- and Jesus Christ started his church and his earthly ministry. And just like the Je- Israel did, they corrupted, they if you will, destroyed uh, the covenant of God, and especially these in the northern kingdom, we see the same thing has happened to the church over time. 
we could bring up Constantine and how he combined atheism with or 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 not only not just atheism but paganism uh, with the uh, Christianity and came up with what we look at now as the Roman Catholic Church and of course the uh, Greek Orthodox is part of that wing also but it's corrupted not only that but it's corrupted many down through the ages and so we see a parallel here and that's what I want us to see is the parallel between Israel here and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ or God's people we think about pagans may blame Mother Nature or some other gods uh, for problems with weather and all this. That guy was talking about California. I thought, how ignorant can you be? He don't believe, he says he's an atheist, and yet he says, Brother Nature. Now, either Mother Nature is a god or a goddess, or he's just a fool. And he says he's one thing, he doesn't believe in a deity, and yet he blames it on a deity or on us upsetting a deity, our mother God. And this is the way we, the society we live in. Now this was started out as a Christian nation, and I, there are some parallels we can make uh, between Israel and the United States too, and I think we'll see a little of that, but I'm dealing mostly with the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people talk about things that happen are just bad luck. You know, well, you just had a lot of bad luck this year. And sometimes Christians may not say those exact words, but they mean the exact same thing. Now, these people in the book of Amos had some bad luck. But God instigated all of it. Their bad luck, if you will, was the chastening hand of Almighty God. <clears throat> this thing that they, uh, bad things were happening to them was because God orchestrated it. And because He was try- calling them to turn, that they be turned, and you know it rained here, and we didn't read those verses, but it rained in one place, not another place, and some would go from this city to that city, just get a drink of water. Other places would be flooded, and the Word of God in the later chapters, it speaks of the Word of God was, uh, you know, just hard to find. They, they say, you know, the Word's over here, the Word's over there, and so they were living in a time where, uh, you know, it's, again, they's having a lot of bad luck. Sometimes it's what we contribute to America when things happen. Well, these are just catastrophes that just happen as if God's not involved. And we would, if you will, if we speak about salvation or something, we jump on the bandwagon real quick and say, you know, God's in control of that. If he's in control of that, he's in control of everything. So things happen in our lives. It's not bad luck. We can call it providence. Or you can call it anything else you want to, but it's God's hand. The principle of being ready to worship and receive God's word is to meet with God. But God was calling the northern kingdom to prepare to meet thy God. The first call is for fellowship. 
The second call was for destruction. And that's the difference between light and darkness, if you will. If they had prepared to meet with God, they wouldn't have had to prepare to meet God, as it mentions in the book of Amos. God's first calls come to meet with God, then a final call was preparing to meet thy God. This, uh, for we see this in Israel, and we'll see this in the uh, if God, uh, if the end doesn't come quickly, uh, we can see this in America. The not just what we have going on now, but even worse, uh, if God's if the end is not that near. I think the my personal view is that rapture can happen at any time, but I. Seems like to me it's, it's close. <clears throat> Nonetheless, uh, one is to worship God, receiving the word of God, and to meet with God. And if you don't do that, then you'll end up and have just judgment. Especially those that call themselves the people of God. <clears throat> you say, well, we know these these groups couldn't be a people of God if they believe, and that's the way I always say it, if they believe what they say they believe, they're lost. And somebody said, well, I think they're saved in all the groups and so on and so forth, and so that's the reason I just said it that way. And there's a lot of groups, a lot of churches, a lot of people that are <coughs> preaching and teaching that which is false. They're just like the children of Israel that the northern kingdom especially, we know it happened to the southern kingdom later, but the northern, northern, northern kingdom went into, uh, if you will, they went into bondage first, making the golden calf. Now, in the northern kingdom, they had one at Dan and Bethel. They had a golden calf each. I mean, in the wilderness journey, they just had one that the, that Moses destroyed, but and and Bibelic, he can say, well, you know, it's just too far to go down to the house of God down there in Jerusalem. What we'll do, we'll just put one in Dan and Bethel. There in Second Kings twelve twenty six. Second Kings twelve. 26, start our reading there. 1 Kings, excuse me. 1 Kings 12, 26. If this people go up to do sacrifice, this is Ambibalic, in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, and then shall their heart of the, shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam king of Judah, and they shall kill me, and go again to Rehoboam, Bowman, Boam, excuse me, king of Judah, and whereas the king took counsel and made two casts of gold and and said unto them, It is too much for thee to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up from out of the land of Egypt, and he set the one in Bethel, and he's the other in Dan, and this thing became sin, and for the people for the people went up to a worship before one even unto Dan. Now this was 
not a religious decision. This was a political decision. When Constantine made his decision, it was a political decision because of all the barbarians that were coming against them and he needed to consolidate the, the nation and they had, if you will, been at war with the Christians ever since the beginning, if you will, and, uh, and of, of Christianity, that is. And so there was a political decision. He said, I've seen, seen a cross in the sky. And next thing you know, he's got these the bishop of, of uh, Jerusalem and whoever you want him to be. He's not Peter, I'll tell you that for sure. And the pagans, and they just joined together and, and they became a consolidated church. And let me say to you, Ambivalic made a political decision, said if they go down to Jerusalem, now what did, <clears throat> what did God say to Ambivalic? Well, we'll look at it in a little while. But God told him if he would do as David, he would give his house or the northern kingdom to his house forever. Now, Ambedalic trusted part of it, but he didn't trust all of it. So he had to make these political decisions and putting that gold calf up and down and put one down in Bethel. And it seems like they liked the one in Dan better as we read there. And anyway, they said this too far. And, and the people said, well, that's true. And just like today, you know, some people can live, as I mentioned last week, can live a mile from the church and it'd be too far. <clears throat> but Ambivalic was going to save them money and time and so on and so forth, there in 1 Kings 11.38. 1 Kings 11.38. And it shall be, if thou will hearken unto all that I command thee, and walk in my ways, and do that is right in my sight, to keep thy statutes and my commandments, as David, the qualifier here, the example, as David my servant then, then... I will be with thee and build thee a sure house as I built for David and will give Israel unto thee. And so here's the promise of God. <clears throat> but he had to make up a new religion. There back in Amos 4, 4, Come to Bethel and transgress at Gilgal. Multiply transgressions and bring your sacrifice every morning and your tithes every three years. And verse 5, and offer a sacrifice thanksgiving with leaven and proclaim the and publish the free offerings for, the, for this liketh you of, O ye children of Israel, with the Lord God. So... We see here that their worship was supposed to be of God. The golden calves were just a reminder, a helper. They just uh, had substituted for the temple that was down in Jerusalem. We find that <clears throat> this worship, if you will, was a duplicate of the worship down in Israel. They had the morning sacrifice and all the other feast days and so, and we know later on some of the feast days were changed, their dates were changed, but 
They started out with a mimic religion that mimicked everything that was done down in Jerusalem. <clears throat> in verse 5, as we mentioned, they mimic, and, but they had a little corruption. What did they do in verse 5? Well, they offered the offerings up to the Lord, but they did it with leavened bread. Now, we know leaven is symbolic for wickedness and unrighteousness, and, and we're warned in the New Testament a couple of times, a little leaven, leaven the whole lump, that we're to throw out the leaven, if you will, or wickedness. And here, their worship added this, and they didn't have to get rid of the leaven out of their house. They didn't have to clean house of all those things. They just used leavened bread. You say, well, why does that make any difference? <clears throat> well, it makes one particular difference. God told them when they offered the offering to use unleavened bread. It doesn't make any difference with the northern kingdom, southern kingdom. <clears throat> God declared or ordered that. This is the way of false and erroneous religions of today. <clears throat> Their preaching mimics the true preaching with a form of godliness. 2 Timothy 3.5, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. <clears throat> they don't believe God has the power to do anything. Everything's done. You've got to do it for God. And you say, well, preacher, we must live for God. That's absolute truth as you're led by the Holy Spirit. We're not without power. I think sometimes the problem with Christianity is that they deny the power of God. If anything's going to get done, God's going to do it. And, I, and, the, and, and as we look at the Scripture, that gives an example of how God does things. And it should give us, if you will, some <coughs> ideals of how we should react and how we should look uh, to God Almighty. They preached hard, powerful, that people are saved by grace and then require something else into addition of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say to you, anything that's added to Christ makes it more important than what Jesus did. Because if Jesus' blood was sufficient, why do you need this other thing? I mean, why? Do you have to be a member of the church to be saved? And we know that church is made up of saints. So you can't get into a church until you've been saved. Impossible. You can baptize all the babies you want. You can baptize billions of them. And that won't put one of them in the church. It won't put one of them into the kingdom of God. And yet, we find that many teach these such things, as if, if you will, that they add to the Word of God. They preached Jesus died so they might have eternal, everlasting life and then require some work to keep yourself saved. If you don't do this, this, and this, then you're lost. And I mentioned the guy says he couldn't be saved because he smoked cigarettes. <clears throat> and I don't know how you combat that. And I talked to him. He said, oh, no. And I said, well, why don't you quit smoking cigarettes? He said, I just like to smoke. So <clears throat> I thought to myself, you know, here he's got a, he belongs to a false religion, and all of his friends were in that same uh, religion. It was a holiness church, and, and uh, they said, oh, no, 
says, until he lays those cigarettes down, he doesn't have a hope. And you say, are you advocating smoking? No, I'm advocating Jesus is all you need. And if you're going to be camped, if God doesn't keep you, then all your works in this world will not keep you unto glory. You will not endure until the end because you'll fail before you get there. And the only way you can endure unto the end is if God grant you the grace to endure unto the end. The people love the Jeroboam's worship. They loved his worship sinners. And they just flocked to him, if you will. They thought it was a wonderful thing. It saved time. It saved effort. And they had a good time. They could sit around. They didn't have to worry about the unleavened. I mean, you know, just a piece of cardboard almost. But they just have full biscuits. And just celebrate. And it's just, well, we've been a, we had a high service. And I just felt like I was really close to God today. I had a man tell me one time, I had been a member of the church I was pastoring. He'd gone to uh, Good Shepherd, which was a holiness church kind of a deal. And, and uh, he said, well, preacher, said last Sunday, said we got so filled with the Spirit, the preacher couldn't even preach. Yeah. I said, what'd you say? I said, if, if the, uh, the preaching it should be in demonstration power of the Holy Spirit, I said, uh, he said, well, people got to prophesying, got to singing, got to doing this, got to doing that, everybody doing their whole thing. And I said, that sounds like confusion to me. Everybody did what, <clears throat> whatever, whenever, and however they wanted to do it. In Judges 21-25, this is a real familiar verse to us. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that, which was right in his own eyes. <clears throat> you can worship God any way you want to. And you can find a crowd that will worship with you. Any way you want to, you just find the right one. If you think you need baptism, then you go to a group that say you have to have Jesus and baptism. Or if you good works of some kind, you have to have Jesus and this particular good work or that work. Or you've got to be a member of this church or you're lost. And we could go on and on and on. <clears throat> they did what seemed right to them. Proverbs 21.2 Every way of man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord prondereth the heart. We should prepare to meet with God. True worship doesn't take place unless we meet with God. If we don't meet with God, then we haven't had a service. There in John 4.23... John 4, 23, starting there. But the hour coming, cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and and in truth, you got to meet with God. You say, well, how do you worship God in spirit and in truth? By the aid of the Spirit of God, that's the way you do it. 
You worship from the new man, not the outward man. And most worshipers today is the outward man. Let's get up and jump, dance around a little bit, jump a pew or something, or or let's get down and <laughs> stand at the altar for 24 hours, or you know, maybe not that long, but you know, we just work through it. Let me say too, we'd worship God in spirit and truth. <clears throat> spirit, if you will, is the regenerated spirit. It's small s, but we need the big s, if you will. Do we need the spirit of God that we might worship Him as we ought to? <clears throat> and God seek with only those who are born again to worship and have communion with Him. What's the difference? Faith. David had faith, and Bimelech didn't have it. You, we could cause, well, the Bimelech, this, that, and the other. It comes down to David trusted God, and Bimelech did not trust God. <clears throat> he was glad, if you will, he was glad, if you will, that God gave him the kingdom. But he couldn't trust God that he would be able to keep the kingdom. And so he devised his own means. God only seeks those who, who the Spirit has quickened and believes the truth. Jesus is truth. God's Word is truth. When we think about truth, we, they say, well, you know, there's a, there's a error here. They go through all this garbage. Truth is in Jesus Christ and in God's Word. <clears throat> it does not contain the truth. It is the truth. We're not getting comparing Scripture with Scriptures, but God, if He will, <clears throat> has given us in the translation, so on and so forth, a remedy for any false error or things that are brought in. Those that come must come by Jesus Christ, Colossians 3.17, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and, and the Father by Him. We're to honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ to the glory of the Father. That's what we're to do in a worship service. We're not to sing anything. We're not to preach anything, not to teach anything or read anything that's contrary to Jesus Christ or the truth of God's Word. Prepare attitude toward God. First of all, in Mark, I'm just going to read this, Matthew 18, 20, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. God had promised the children of Israel the kind of glory of God, God's presence, and it was, it was be the, if you will, the, the overwhelming presence of God. Jesus has promised the church, if you gather in his name, then he'll be in the midst. If we don't gather in his name, he's not there. If, if we, if you will, if we're gathering together in air, gone in the wrong direction, he's not there. Jesus is in the place where preachers the truth and to come, if you will, and Gather together in His name. You say, well, do we do that every time? I pray that we do. 
just because we got church over the <coughs> over the door don't mean nothing. Just because we call ourselves a church and we talk about our lineage all the way back to the Jerusalem church absolutely means nothing if we don't meet in the name of Jesus. If we don't meet to bring honor and glory unto Him and thereby, and thereby glorifying our Father which is in heaven, then we haven't had church. And prepared so in Mark eleven twenty five, And when you stand praying, forgive if you have an ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. First John 1 John 1.9, If you confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you think you can have a grudge between a, against a fellow Christian and worship? Do you think you can worship God? And God says, if you're praying here and you, and you have ought against your brother, you go to take care of that first. We can't worship God and have ought against our brothers or sisters in Christ. And we can't despise them from our heart and worship God out of the same heart. If we're supposed to lay down our, our lives for the brethren, as it mentions First John, if we're willing, if we should uh, be able to, to lay down our, our lives for our brethren, at least we could forgive them. At least we can hold no grudge. You say, well, they won't and want to be a forgiven preacher. Then don't hold a grudge. That's what love's about. <clears throat> don't, if you will, go tell everything you know about them every time you get a chance. <clears throat> to worship God as we ought to must be prepared. Proverbs 3, 1 my son, forget not my law, but let the, thy heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thy heart. So shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not upon thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thy own eyes, fear God, and depart from evil. This should be familiar with all of us, especially the latter part of that. Where is the word of God supposed to be? Right upon your heart. Where is it supposed to be? In your mind, if you will. Where is it supposed to be? It's supposed to be there and in action. And trust not on your understanding. So when we act, we act upon the will of God, if you will, or we, as we are led of God, that we don't act according to our own understanding. So, well, I just don't think we could do this, that, or the other. I could see the disciples, and Jesus had to rebuke them several times. Well, I'm going down to, you know, help Lazarus. Oh, no, don't go down there. They're going to kill you if you go down there. And Jesus said, well, that's where we're going. What was they doing? They was leaning on their own understanding. It wasn't a good time to go down near Jerusalem. It just wasn't a good time. They was out seeking to destroy the Lord Jesus Christ. And if they'd taken a vote in that church... I think it would be in not to go. 
But nonetheless, they did go. And Thomas says, well, if we must die, we'll die. I mean, that was his attitude toward it. And so they went on down. David fled from Saul and prayed, Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto, my, unto me, and uh, for my soul's trust is in thee. That's Psalms 57, 1. Prepare to meet thy God. Sometimes we take security because everybody else calls us Christians. You say, well, how could that be? Well, with me, I see 9, 29, about 30-some years. Well, we count 29. That's when I made my first profession of faith. Everybody in the church said, you're a Christian. Preacher said I was a Christian. Baptized me. I was a member of the church. When they voted, I voted. Yeah. <clears throat> but I wasn't in God's church. I wasn't a member in glory, if you will. I, if you will, I wasn't saved at all, but everybody told me I was. Now this is the kind of people this passage is talking about. Those of, in the northern kingdom thought what they did was right. Was good enough. And Ambibalic told them it was good enough. Ambibalic says, there's no use you going down there. You don't need to go to a true church. You don't need to go to the real temple. We got golden calves here. Just stay here. Now, anybody that had half a sense knew that the temple and those gold calves are two different things. Wouldn't they? They know they're not the same. And you say, well, you know, people call it in false religions. They know it's not the same, don't they? They know there's a difference. They might want to argue Acts 2.38 or they might want to argue some other passage in the Scripture. They might want to take you over to the dietary section of the Old Testament they might want to take you hither and thither. But those are the kind that the day of the Lord is for. It is a time, if you will, of destruction. God send the minor warnings, then the major, and finally, the day of the Lord. And, and Amos tells them, the day of the Lord is not going to be light to you. It's going to be darkness. Did they repent? No. The day of the Lord will come upon all the wicked and pretenders. But we're not concerned with the pretenders. We're not concerned with the wicked. We're concerned, if you will, we were concerned with the pretender. We're concerned about those that if you will, have fallen into the trap of worship any way you want to. And say, well, your church is good as our church, and so on and so forth. What makes one church different from another? One is statement of faith. I mean, we could go with that. If you say you have to do something to be saved, then we know that's not. 
If it says you have to do something to keep yourself saved, we know it's not. But if it preached to you that you need, if you will, to maintain righteousness, then that's the place to be. It's where the truth is taught and preached from the pulpit and spoken to one another in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where the truth is. That is the place, if you will, where we meet with God and we'll not have to worry about meeting God as it mentions in the book of Amos. 1 Thessalonians 5.3 says, For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them as travel upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. I think it was a guy named Belshazzar throwing a party at his house. And as far as he knew, everything's going well. He brought in some cups from the Jerusalem temple and set them around for everybody to drink out of and worship the gods of gold and silver. Things look like it's going well. <clears throat> then there come a hand. Just a hand. Then it start writing on the wall. Then they looked at that. They said, what does that mean? Well, they brought in all their preachers. They brought in all the scholars. They brought in all that they had there in Babylon. What's that tickle? What's that mean? And somebody says, well, <clears throat> there used to be this guy, you know, consorted with and talked to your father and grandfather, his name Daniel. He might be able to tell that. And he said he'd been laid in the balance and found wanting. By midnight, he was dead. <clears throat> he met God that night. The Babylonian kingdom met God that night when the Mer Medes and Persians come in and over flooded the land and, and took it over. But up to that time, they thought everything was going all right. We see these things that happened in the book of Amos. We talk about the, we could say, well, the rain in California, and we could talk about the snow or ice or something somewhere else, and some of the things that we get sometimes we don't like. We need to see whether that's preparation for us meeting with God and confessing our sins, or if it's preparation to meet our God. It is when it seems that everything's going well that this kind of judgment comes in the day of the Lord. Everything might seem all right, as we mentioned there in about Daniel 5, 26, 28. Everything can seem to be wonderful. <coughs> Amos 4, 12. Amos 4, 12. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this un, <coughs> unto uh, thee, prepare to meet thy God. 
O Israel. Verse 13, For lo, he that formeth the mountains, and create the wind, and declareth unto men what is his thought, and maketh the morning darkness, and treadeth upon the high places of the earth, the Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. Now they had their little gods, they had their sun gods, gold gods, and all these other golden calves. They had all that, but not one of them could deliver them. Not a single one of them. All these good luck charms they had, and all these things that they, you know, are supposed to protect you in your home, and put this picture on the wall and put this cross here and do this, that, and the other and you're protected. Now, if they were of God, you could say that's true. But they're not. One day God will judge the world. Isaiah 63, 1-4 who is he that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Boaz? <clears throat> this is that is glorious in his apparel, <clears throat> traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, might is saved. Wherefore art thou red in thy apparel and thy garments like them that treadeth in the wine fat? I have trodden the wine press alone. And of the people there was none with me. I will tread them in my anger and trample them in my fury, and their blood shall sprinkle upon my garments, and I will stain my raiment, for the day of vengeance is in my heart, and the day of, the, of my redeemed is come. Kind of reminds me of Revelation, don't you? The reason I read this one instead of Revelation, this is where it's taken from. And the reason I (coughs) say that is the backdrop of the book of Amos. These are supposed to be God's people. But when Jesus comes and he treads a wine fat alone, the wine press alone, you say, well, he'll be be trodden those uh, wicked men down. He will. Before that day, Israel will be leveled. Why? Because they're just like the world. Why should God pick them out to be destroyed first? Because they're His people. Antichrist will be treading under His feet, as mentioned in the book of Revelation. And the Lord will dispatch, dispatch the devil and then in the white throne judgment all mankind will give account for everything they've done in the flesh. Now, in the Bema seat, we're not going to mention that too much, just to say it's, if you will, the judgment of the saints. But that white throne judgment is going to be the most terrible awful 
think that mankind will ever behold or experience. That place that's called the lake of fire, that death is called the second death, that place is called hell, is where they'll get, end up. And let me say to you, the judgment, although it will be fierce, it will not compare to eternity in that place. Who will go there? Those that made professions of faith? Some will. Preachers? Yeah, there'll be some there. We can just think about deacons, preachers, Sunday school teachers and all this. If they do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, they're not going to be in glory. I've had people to tell me, well, ask about their salvation. They say, well, I teach Sunday school. I tell them, I won't get you there. Have a youth group. I do this, that, or the other. And and that's the first things out of their mouth. They don't say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They say, this is what I'm doing. So I'm all right. Preacher said it's all right. Church said it's all right. But Jesus won't. Are you meeting with God? Or you'll meet thy God? Ezra 1, 16 and 18. Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do well, seek judgment, receive... (laughs) relieve the oppressed, judge the fathers, plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though thy sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be made as wool. The only thing that will keep you out of judgment, the only thing that will prevent us from being in that place called the lake of fire, is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only difference. We can talk about a lot of other things, but Jesus died and all that will trust and believe in Him. The Scripture, I don't know how many times tells us this, if you believe on Him, you'll be delivered. And it also means you must believe in Him until the end. This partway belief won't get you there. It's like taking a trip to Chicago and run out of gas halfway. You're not going to make it. Have we heeded the warnings, repented and turned to God? We could talk about election, but election is not sufficient. Y'all preachers say, yeah, you It only comes sufficient when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The ability to believe is God-given. But we must profess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We must make open what God has put in the hidden chamber in that new man that nobody can really see. All they can see is our action. If you have a temple in there, as it speaks of in Ephesians, 
for the Holy Spirit, you meet with God. If you have just the old man and no new man regenerated, then prepare to meet thy God. We could talk about genuine repentance and a lot of other things I put in my notes, you know. But it really comes down to this. Do you trust Jesus Christ? It's not just a matter of believing in Jesus as God. And biblically, meant believe that God was God. His political decisions, he might thought, maybe they don't, you know, apply to this. It is when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ from our heart, repent of our sins, and follow him. This morning, as we worship together, were you worshiping God in spirit and in truth? Let me say it's an awful fall into hands of the living God. It is a blessed thing for God to take you into his breast.